everybody and welcome to the show. I'm Natalie Millisnow and you are listening to Seize the Day. Now joining me today is an award-winning author who has written more than 30 novels of sapphic romance. That actually blows my mind. She <laughs> resides in a cute little townhouse in upstate New York with Emmett, her cat, Archie, her dog. And when she isn't writing, she searches Netflix for good scary movies. We have got to talk about this. Romance scary. I need to get the connection and explores the world of wine and cocktails. Please put your hands together for the absolutely fabulous Georgia Beers. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. It's so good to have you. It really is. And good morning to you. It's morning. Good morning to you. It's actually afternoon for you, right? Afternoon. Yeah. I'm about five hours ahead of you. I think Think so. Yeah. And clocks will be changing soon. I'm sure. No doubt. How are you? Good to see I'm you. Great. I'm great. It's a it's a little rainy here, so I've got like sleeping animals around me, but that's okay. It's like kind of a cozy hunker down fall day, which you know fall is my favorite. My fall mug I'm drinking out oh, of. Yeah. <laughs> is there is there coffee in there though? It's actually tea. You because you don't do coffee, do I you? I don't do coffee. I try to do coffee. I want to do coffee. I can't do coffee. I just don't like it. <laughs> I have tried for my entire life. When Starbucks started to be a thing, I was like, everybody's drinking coffee. There's something wrong with me. I just haven't found the right coffee. The right coffee for me is coffee that is full of sugar and milk. Oh, right. So, so it's it not really coffee. The least amount like coffee that it possibly can. And I was then I like, say, the right coffee for me is tea. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love tea. <laughs> That's brilliant. And yeah, I love your cat, your your cat and your dog's names, Emmett and Archie. Emmett and Archie. Yeah. I like human names for animals. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> All of my dogs have all had human names. I've, oh, I do love it. I've got yeah. I've got three cats, actually. I never thought I'd be the person that had three cats. You're a we cat had, lady. Cat lady, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally am. We had one who yeah. was, he's like 17 now. And oh, my son. That's a long time. That's a long time, yeah. And my son wanted kittens for Christmas. Hmm? So what do you do? He asked Father Christmas for kittens. Get him kittens, so absolutely. The, the Smudge is the oldest. And the t- Smudge, the one the I love that. <laughs> the best name isn't it we've got it's Liza fun. and Jack as well there you I go love it. I love it. Names. Emmett is my first um solo cat um my my ex and I had a cat I mean she still has the cat but she was kind of an aloof kind of outdoor does her thing cat and I wanted something cuddly so I I adopted Emmett and cats are not dogs <laughs> no I'll tell you that he's wonderful I love him to bits but if he's doing something I don't want him to do and I'm like hey cut that out he looks at me and just keeps right on doing what he's doing. Yeah, you like do there's no dog doing. in him at all. You do what you're doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm going to tear exactly. this up. <laughs> look at me like, what? I'm just eating this plant. What's your problem? <laughs> Brilliant. Where if I scold Archie at all, he like his ears go down and his tail goes down oh. and he looks like, his, you know, so yeah, not a dog. So cute. Now, in that intro there, 30 novels, that is absolutely outstanding. I mean, that's really impressive, really impressive. And I know when I've heard you on panels before, you know, we've met in person, which has been amazing at GCLS conference and so on. It's really lovely to listen to you speak about how you got into writing because you've been doing it from the get go, haven't you? This has been your jam. So what's for folks, uh, maybe anyone who's not familiar with you, I doubt it because, you know, everyone tuning in is going to have read your books. What's, you know, how did you get into the writing then? What was it? Was it the dream to be an author? Well, it's interesting because I I have always written. I have always written stories as a kid. I have old report cards. My mom's got my old report cards from school that say things like Georgia loves to tell stories. 
Um, there's one from second grade that says Georgia spells above her grade, above oh. her grade level. Because, you know, words are my thing. Now, don't talk to any of my math teachers because numbers hate me, but words are my jam. Um, and they always have been. So I think when I was, I was just with Bonnie at the time. So I must have been like 26, 27 years old. And I didn't know that there was lesbian literature out there. I had no idea. Okay. Um, and friends of mine let me borrow a copy of their Curious Wine by Catherine Forrest, which I still have. I never gave it back. <laughs> nice. Permanent borrowing. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so then I just started to read like, and there wasn't a lot back there. We're talking, you know, 20, 25 years ago, there wasn't a lot available, mm. um, but I read what I could get my hands on. And I remember very distinctly, I was I think that Bonnie and I were on vacation somewhere because I feel like we were in a hotel room and I had finished reading this book and it was terrible. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember who wrote it, but it was just terribly written. And I put it down in disgust. And I said to Bonnie, I could have done a better job on that book. And she said, well, what's the difference between that author and you? And I said, she wrote a book. And she said, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. okay, challenge accepted. And so I wrote a book. And I got lucky in my timing because it was when the big Xena fan fiction boom was hit, had hit. And I had written some fan fiction. I, I, read, I wrote some Xena. I wrote some ER. I wrote some X-Files. I wrote some Law and Order SVU. Um, and so there were a lot of, that's when a lot of the small presses started, the, the Bywaters and the, the Bold Strokes and the Bellas. They all, you know, Bella was already there, but there were a bunch of small presses that started that they saw that there were a bunch of lesbian writers out there who had talent and maybe we should be publishing these people so that yeah. more people can read it so i got lucky in that i got in on the ground floor um so i my my manuscript was accepted right away um and it was published in 2000 was my first book was published wow. so yeah <laughs> 22 years ago that's incredible thank you it's so funny because when people ask me where to start, I never send them back to the first book because I'm such a better writer now. I'm like, please yeah. don't read like the first couple. Just pretend they don't exist. It's terrible. I shouldn't do that. Yeah. But, you know, I think that you, I don't think as a writer, you are ever, well, here's as good as I can be. This yeah. is it. I think you're constantly improving. So with every book I write, I feel like I get better. So I don't want to send you too far back. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's really interesting to hear you say that. And I imagine, as you say, there's like a benchmark that, well, you're constantly measuring yourself on your last performance, I suppose, yes, isn't it? And, you're, what, what's, and you want to improve. And naturally, as we all grow, we all evolve, we all develop. So you're going to be writing perhaps in a different way as well. Exactly. So, yeah, you see the newness in you. And now just yep. hang around here. <laughs> don't go all the way back. <laughs> Well, and you try different things and you, yeah. you read, I mean, if you're a good writer, you read other writers in your genre and you see what they're doing and what's working and what's not and what's trending. And, oh, that's a cool way. To, I'm going to try that. You know, I mean, you just, you're constantly learning. You're constantly soaking in information. So I love it. And so you mentioned um, BSB then, uh, Bold Shot Books, who's, who you publish with. Was yes. that right at the beginning? Did you no. literally start with them? Okay. No, I was with Regal Crest first, which is now Flashpoint. Um, and then I went to Bold Strokes. And then I was an independent author for a little while. Um, wow. with Brisk. So I wrote probably 10, 10 books with Brisk, I think. Um, so they did a lot of the work for me. It wasn't truly independent because I didn't have to do as much of the work as some of our indie authors do themselves. I got lucky with that. Um, and then I went back to Bold Strokes. 
Amazing. Yeah. But I'm mean, interested you say that about independent and not being quite so independent. What did you, what did you find? What were the benefits of either way being with a, you know, a bigger publishing house versus. Yeah. Well, I think when you're indie, you have control over everything. You know, you get to decide on your cover, you get to pick your editor, you, I mean, you can have an editor, but you, I think if you're independent and your editor says you should change this and you don't agree, then you win, <laughs> you know? yeah. where when you're with a publisher, it's a little different, you know, they're banking their money on you. So you kind of have to go with the editor. You can still argue. And I have, but <laughs> I have found in my long illustrious career that yeah. the editor usually knows what she's doing. Yeah, it, it's it benefits you to do that. But things like marketing are hard. I am not a good marketer. I'm an introvert. I don't want to be out there talking to, hey, buy my book. I want somebody else to do that for me. So when you're an independent author, you have to take care of all of that stuff. And it it's a lot. It takes away from your writing time. I really admire the indie authors that we have right now. They work so hard. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that because I feel that with my own business, when you're doing something on your own, you you have to wear every hat. You have to do everything yourself. Yep. And until you've got to a situation where you can get other people to do it for you, yeah. that it's exhausting. So no, yeah. I, yeah. And it doesn't mean even that I'm with a publisher, it doesn't mean that I don't have to do any of that stuff. I still, I yeah. need to be on social media. Uh, you know, I'm on yeah. TikTok now, God help me. Oh, I want to ask you about that. Decision. <laughs> <laughs> but you do this stuff because you you want to you want to be known. You want to stay relevant. You can't just hibernate in your office and write your books and have no, only Jerry Hill can do that. Yeah. <laughs> She's the only author I know who continually sells really well, but does not do much in the marketing department. She doesn't make appearances very often. She just does her thing. But she's that good. It's really interesting to hear you say that. You mentioned TikTok. And actually, before we started recording, we talked a bit about actually, you know, keeping relevant, going to the right events and so on. Yep. How how do you keep in touch with everything and what folk want? I mean, how do you get that feedback? I think it's harder as, as I age because I'm trying to stay um, aware of every changing trend and stuff is changing constantly. You know, mm. there was no TikTok when I was, there was no TikTok 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean- and now it's like, that's, and I feel like the platforms keep moving. So it was Facebook and then it was, uh, first it was MySpace, I think, then Facebook and then Instagram, and then there's Twitter and then there's TikTok and I'm on all of them. Mm. Um, there's a different audience for each one of them. And I think you need to know that going in, you need to know who's like, which stuff is which platform is better for which message you want to put out there. You know, yeah. Twitter's a little more, um, it's a little more political. It's a little more sarcastic. Um, I find, you know, Instagram's pictures. Yeah. I need to be better at taking photographs. I'm <laughs> terrible at photographs. I took nothing at, at Clexicon when I was at Clexicon. <laughs> so Melissa's good. next to me, like taking <laughs> She's good. Okay. She's like, she's smile, guys. She's fantastic at that. And she scolds me every time we finish our <laughs> Um, uh, convention because she's like you posted no pictures and I'm like well you posted them all and I'm in them so that's she's like no you can't do that you have to do your own so I try and then I I don't know if it's my age if it's it's not grabbing my phone and taking a picture immediately is not the first thing that comes into my head yeah and I think for younger people it is yeah if, and I'm you know, not judging yeah. that at all I just I just think it's a fact oh it's curious you say that because I find the same if I'm enjoying the moment 
Exactly. I don't reach for my phone. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm enjoying conversation and being present uh-huh. there. So it's not, they, again, it's not criticizing anyone. It's a, right. a natural way of working, what you're oh, used to. Yeah. Yep. So it's a kind of changing and thinking, no, I, might, I need to capture this just to as a talking point almost to say yes. what it is you're up to. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's really, and the conferences are great in that sense because actually folk can get to hear you speak anyway, yes, hear what's going on. And look them in the eye and yeah. shake hands and it's, it's different. It's, it's, it's so a different good. energy. I want to cycle back a bit to talking about books and the evolution and how you've grown as an author. Mm-hmm. What was, or what has been, if there is maybe one you can think of, the most interesting bit or difficult piece of feedback that you've had to receive that actually <laughs> benefited you or perhaps it or benefited you or was, you know, how did you adapt to it? How did it impact you? I can tell you that um, I don't read my reviews because oh, I, okay. I consider myself tenderhearted oh. and... I don't go anywhere near Goodreads. Okay. Honestly, I think Goodreads is for readers. It's not really for writers. It's for readers. Right. Um, I have writer friends who read all of the reviews because they're like, well, I can take the constructive criticism and maybe I'll learn something and I get that. But I have had reviews make me cry. (laughs) And so I'm not, I I don't want to put myself through that. Um, If there are good reviews, my friends or my publisher will send them to me. That being said, I was writing a book, um, this was back when I had a different editor than I have now. Okay. And she's wonderful. I don't, there's nothing, I, I hold nothing against her for this remark, but she, she did a run through of the book and she said, you have to work on this main character. She's bordering on unlikable. Okay. That character is the character who is the most like me that I have ever written. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. So I just <laughs> blinked at the email like, ouch. Oh. <laughs> But I think it was, I think she was a little, um, I think the character was probably very much in her head. I'm trying to think of, cause I fixed her and she's fine. And the book did very well. And I never, nobody made that comment at all about her. So I, I fixed it, but I'm trying to think of why that, why that happened. And I think she was just very much in her head. Yeah. Um, sometimes it depends on where I'm at in my life. Yeah. I believe it would, I don't think it was written in first person, but it may have been. And that always makes it more, you know, you're yeah. more in that person's head. Um, yeah. So that, that, and that was probably 12 or 15 books ago. So it was a long time ago, but Amazing. it's right here in my head. Yeah. And still, you still feel it. Isn't it interesting how things like that do have a positive or have negative at the time because you felt the emotion but actually it's got a positive effect because it it makes us think about things differently and I've always said I mean I I find authors and what you do and and folk who write it's it's really impressive because you're putting your heart and soul blood sweat and tears literally into something for someone to go and criticize yes I mean not that they will because it'll be brilliant but you know the the options there I was looking at some reviews today for books that I like Mm -hmm. um that inspire me I I would love to write a book Georgia and this is Uh what my goal now non-fiction it won't be fiction I'm not quite anywhere near you know as talented as you lot uh, and yourself um but but yes this is where I what oh oh, great (laughs) I really (laughs) no I think that it takes a different kind of talent well, so I'm yeah, I've been looking at the reviews and reading what people write, and I'm like, crikey, how does one take that on board? You don't, you know, yeah. I remember I was at a and Melissa and I will argue about this all the time because she's one of the ones who reads every single review. She reads every single review, wow, good, okay. bad, ugly. She reads them all. She takes them in. She she's got a very thick skin. 
So I remember one year we were at the Romance Writers of America conference and Nora Roberts was speaking, who okay. is like queen of all romance. She's got a million books. She's witty as hell. So she's answering questions from the audience. And somebody asked her, what do you do when you get a terrible review of your books? And Nora Roberts looked at her and said, you're reading your reviews? Don't do that. Why would you do that? <laughs> and I looked at Melissa like, aha. There you go. Yes. If Nora Roberts isn't reading her reviews, then I don't have to read them. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think I can see both sides. I'm not sure where I would yeah. sit. Yeah, because reading them. a lot of people who do. You just yeah. have to have the right, you have to be able to take that in. And, and I've, people on the internet, because they don't have to look at your face, are meaner than they would be in yeah. person, I think. Um, you can, you, you don't have to like my book. Not everybody's going to like my book. That's fine. But don't say mean things about me personally, yeah. <laughs> you know, and my, my question to people would always be, would you give me this review while looking in my face? Yeah. And that usually makes them go, Oh, yeah. maybe not. <laughs> and also the written word can come across so much stronger than the spoken one it as can. well, you know, in yeah. terms of how there's you deliver it. There's, yeah. 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 Agreed. Oh, I love it. No, really, really insightful. So in terms of like the last couple of years, well, in fact, we're, we're now back seeing people. I saw you at GCLS, which was yeah. wonderful. Got yes. to see you a hug. No, we got like 10 me. seconds together, didn't we? Yeah, I need to fix that for next time. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't manage my time very well in that <laughs> instance. Neither. I've got to do better catch ups with people. <laughs> um, how do, I'm curious to know, because I found some of the, you know, I, I spoke, I was on a panel and I moderated the panel as well. You were on it like 24 seven, pretty much yeah. all of your, how do you look after yourself and how, you know, what's that like for you constantly doing those? Yes. It, it took me several years to learn how best to navigate a conference like that. Um, the first couple of times I went, I would just hibernate in my room, which right. is not what I'm there for. Um, but being an introvert, a conference is something I was not used to. Like this is like, there's people everywhere. People want to talk to me. Um, and I think over the years, you just learn to take little snippets of rest when you can, mm -hmm. you know, if I have to, oh, I need to run up and change my shirt, you know, and I'll be in my hotel room for 20 minutes, but you also need, you're there to be available. You're there to be approachable. That's the point. So I have learned that I can rest and recharge when I get home. Yeah. So okay. it's five days of being on and for an introvert that can be tiring. Um, but it's wonderful. And I look at it as these people have spent their time and their money to come yeah. here and see me and all of my fellow writers and ask for our autographs and listen to us talk on panels. So the least I can do is be available and approachable. Yeah, I, I, that's really great. I really hear that because I've seen both sides of the coin and the mm -hmm. even I mean, I don't consider myself I would say I'm probably extroverted to a degree, but I do need my own time to recoup. And I need, sometimes I just need a bit of space. Um, so feeling that the, the, the I, I, in fact, I do get energy from people though as well. So perhaps slightly different. Yeah. And ambivert is like an extroverted introvert. So you're extroverted around people, Ooh. but you need time to recharge. That, oh, definitely look that up. That sounds about right. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I really appreciate actually the the effort that goes into being almost you know best self as you can be the energy yeah. that you need yes. but then also needing to withdraw and um yeah I, I was quite impressed because I there were panels back to back and I was like how yeah. are these folk doing it it's incredible yeah. and now I, I want to jump back to as well the the thrillers versus the romance absolutely brilliant well thrillers and scary movies yes. more than anything yes. so <laughs> 
how does that connect <laughs> or, or does no, it not matter it's a good question I don't know if it's because I spend my day with the journey of people falling in love or if I'm trying to find conflict in other things <laughs> so that I can soak it up and use it later I don't know I scary movies are for me um I think I like to see the bad guy get caught. I think that's the uh, thing. Yeah. I love like crime procedurals on TV, law and order and dateline and all. I like to see the bad guy get caught. Now, that being said, in a scary movie, the bad guy isn't always caught. But I like intelligent scary movies. Like I'm not I don't like torture porn. I don't like seeing people get, you know, chopped up just to get chopped up. I'm not a huge fan of slasher films with the okay. exception of the screams because those are brilliant. Um but I like thrillers. I like psychological thrillers. I like supernatural thrillers, um, like all the conjurings, uh, insidious, yeah. that, all of the, all of those. I love them. I love them. Scare me. It's almost October. It's almost scary movie month. <laughs> <I can't wait. laughs> yeah, of course. And when I read, it's the same way. I do read romance and I, I try to read my contemporaries. I try to read my fellow authors. Um, I'm actually reading, um, Anna Hartnett Reichardt's um, Catching Feelings right now. I just oh, started. Oh, lovely. Yeah, okay. It's really good so far. Um, so I try to keep up on my my friends and my my colleagues and what they're writing, but I also like to read thrillers. I like, you know, the Lisa Gardner's and the I have the whole Sue Grafton collection. And I have I have a lot of Tammy Hogue, and I'm looking at my shelf over here. I've got um Lisa Gardner. There's the there's the Lisa trifecta. Lisa Gardner, Lisa Unger, and Lisa Skodeling. They all write thrillers and mysteries. So yeah, so I read like that's those are my go-tos. Those are my go-tos. Amazing. So there's I I'm hearing that there's almost like a um it's not a happily ever after for sure, but it's the positive <laughs> aspect of mm-hmm. a scary movie, mm-hmm. the positive conclusion yes. that you get with the romance. Yes. And the thing about scary movies is the person who beats the bad guy is usually a girl. It's the final girl. That's like, that's a thing. The final girl is a thing in scary movies. Is it? So yeah, if you think about it, the majority of your scary movies, the last person standing is a woman and she usually defeats the bad guy. Do you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't really watch scary films in truth. I've started to watch a bit of The Stranger Things and that Mm -hmm. was the first one. I had me running for for miles. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but actually, I'm going to pay attention to that now. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's actually a a Hollywood term for a character, the final girl. Final girl, okay. Oh, interesting. And now, other things about you. When I was Googling you earlier before um, getting you Uh on, do like to do a bit of an internet (laughs) Googling happens? Uh Uh-oh. Totally, yeah, absolutely, every time. Um, You've got a wiki page. You're on Wikipedia. Am I? Yeah. I didn't know that. You are. Oh, okay. I never so I was myself. How, how does that happen? I don't know. That I don't. I have no idea. That was not me. <laughs> that's no amazing. Idea, but that's kind of cool. I, I know what I'm doing when we're done here. <laughs> George appears. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Totally. I was like, oh wow. Yeah, really impressive. I've arrived. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to know, with all of this incredible book writing and, you know, where you've, you, your journey through life, how do you celebrate success? Well, when I finish a book, I, my, my tradition is to buy a bottle of champagne. Nice. And I keep, I have all the corks. I keep the cork and I write the title of the book and the date on it. And I have all the corks in a little holder. Um, so there's that. Um, wow. I'm trying to be better about taking time between books. I don't usually do that. So I'm trying to fix my daily word count to be a little higher so that I can finish a little earlier so that I can take a week 
or two to just veg. Cause I don't really vacation because all of my trips are conference related. Right. Okay. Cause there's about four or five of them a year. Yeah. So, I mean, how often do I need to fly? <laughs> <You know? laughs> sure. I should, however, I should look into just getting away. Yeah. But my, my worry is because I am alone, I will go somewhere and then write while I'm there. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Which is not a bad thing, but you know, maybe writing on a beach is something I deserve to do for a little while. Change of scenery. Yeah, absolutely. I understand. But so yeah, all good. <laughs> yeah. I try to make sure I celebrate when something good happens. I try to make sure that I celebrate the end of each book because it's a, quite an accomplishment. You know, like you said, we're handing our, our babies over to the reviewers and it's basically here's four months of my life. <laughs> yeah. Have at it, rip it to shreds. So, I was going to ask you how long it takes. Yeah. Four months is it to, to write? Yeah, I do three books a year. So it generally takes me three months to write one and then about a month for editing, proofing, fixing, right. that kind of stuff. Wow. And are you, have you got yourself into quite a good sequence now when you write? Yes. You know, as yep. someone who's thinking about it, I, you know, I've yep. done a bit of an outline, but I wouldn't necessarily know how I'm going to go about it. I'll learn once I've done it. But you, yeah. you're in a routine now. I am now. It's interesting because the, so you know, the difference between pantsers and yes. plotters, that whole but thing. But for anyone so, who's listening, who might, might okay, not. So if you're a pantser, if someone calls you a, you're a writer, who's a pantser, it means you fly by the seat of your pants. It means you have a, a vague idea of what your book is about, but you make it up as you go. And a plotter plots, everything out, has an outline, knows exactly where the book is going and when. So I started out as a plotter, as a very good plotter. Right. All of my friends are pantsers. Okay. And I'm going to blame peer pressure. <laughs> I thought, all right, you know what? I can do this. And I was a pantser for a little while, but I am much less happy. And I am much more stressed out when I'm pantsing because mm. I am an orderly person. I am an organized person. I like to know what's going to happen today. When I wake up in the morning, I want to know what's for dinner tonight. Yeah. So I'm that girl. Yeah. So flying by the seat of my pants does not work very well for me. So the past couple of books I've forced myself to sit down and I don't, I don't outline like in a super detailed fashion, but I use index cards and I, and I keep looking up because I have a whiteboard and a bulletin board behind my computer and it's got all of my cards up there. And I write down things like um, major plot points. If okay. I come up with a good line that somebody's going to say, I'll write that down. And so they're all here in front of my face. And that has helped me write faster and a little more smoothly so yeah. that I can reach that goal of taking some time off between books. Really? And mm -hmm. for me, I mean, I've got affirmations, I've got questions, I've got, you know, all different kind of things up here, actually. Yep. I suppose that is almost a bit like an affirmation for you to remind yourself, even though you're not necessarily looking, Yes, but it goes in Absolutely. subconsciously, what's happening, where I need to go with Absolutely. the book. Yep. And if I get stuck, I can look up and be like, oh yeah, I haven't done that yet. Okay. So that's going to happen. I'll, I'll put this in here. So it's not necessarily, here's the order of the book. It's here's a bunch of stuff that's going to happen. And then I can pick and choose where I need it to go. And do you, how long do you allow yourself to sit and write? I have a, I have a word goal okay. every day. Um, and Scrivener gives that to me. That's the app that I use to write in. So when I sit down to write a book, I put in my deadline and I try really hard not to work on the weekends. So Monday through Friday, Lovely. and I shoot for 80,000 words. And my books are usually somewhere around there, a little less, a little more. And then Scrivener says, okay, you need to write this many words today in order to stay on your goal. And so if I go over that, then it then tomorrow's goal is a little lower. And if I Brilliant. don't hit it, then tomorrow's goal is a little higher. So 
when I'm using my cards and I know where I'm going, I can usually hit my goal in the morning. Wow. Which is nice because then I have the afternoon to do other writer things, answer email, ship stuff out, um, do podcasts, yeah. walk my dog, go get some groceries, go visit the baby. So there's, a, I've done that on purpose. And yeah, it's interesting because I sometimes have guilt around that because here I am in the afternoon, like, Hey, I can do what I want. And everybody else is working. And I'm like, no, that's okay. Cause that's you did okay. work. Yeah. And a writer is always working. There's always yeah. something in my head going on always. That's a really interesting point, actually. And I, I support what you've just said there wholeheartedly because you've orchestrated, you've exactly. learned through the process, you know, exactly. what works best for you. And actually this is a bit of reward that helps you sit down and write. Exactly. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And it wasn't always like this. I yeah, mean, I, I can imagine. I've yeah. for, and I had another job for a long time. So I was like writing when I could get some time. So it's all, it's years have come to this. Yeah. <laughs> it's been years in the making, but I finally feel like I'm at a place where I am in control of my day. What's the biggest learn then, if you can think of one from, you know, having work while you're writing to now being a, a you know, full-time writer, very successful one as well with a fantastically laid out week and day. What's been the biggest learn along the way? The biggest learn along the way is that working from home is a lot more difficult than <laughs> people tell you. Yeah. I am so easily distracted. There are other things to do. If I write 200 words and I'm stuck, it's real easy for me to get up and go somewhere, throw some laundry in, go do some dishes, anything to get me away. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but discipline was hard for me to find when I first started working right. from home. It was hard. Um, and it was like, you know, people were like, oh, you can work in your pajamas. I can't because that just, I felt unproductive. Yeah. So I learned that I need to get up. I need to take a shower and put on clothes and put on makeup and sit down like I'm going to work. Yeah. And that helped me a lot. But they don't tell you that when they go, yeah, go work from home. They don't tell you that, you know, you're going to be distracted and you got to figure out a way to make this work. It's hard. You've got to find your own discipline. What works for you? You're quite right. I'm the same. I have to get up as though I were going out of the house. Full yep. routine. I put perfume on and everything. There you like, go. Literally. literally. Nobody yeah, tells like, me. There's nobody here. <laughs> no one. No one's here. Yeah. I'm not going to see anyone. But you, you know, it's it's a it's a ritual almost. Yes. And helps yep. me sit down. But I'll make sure I take breaks because I do yep. find just being sat here can yeah. be too much. Or I move to another room actually if I'm not yes. being productive. Take yep. the stuff with me. And just set mm -hmm. up slightly differently. Usually too. if I, if I get really stuck I, and I take Archie for a walk, something about being outside in the air will help me clear my head and I can come back and sit down. Um, it's funny though, because last night I did not sleep well. I woke up a lot and that meant that I don't have an alarm because I usually just get up when I get up. And this morning I woke up 45 minutes later than usual. And I was like, oh my God, I'm late. And it was just like this ridiculous, like I'm, I'm so upset that I'm late and it doesn't matter because <laughs> I don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> But that's my brain was like, oh, no, now yeah. you're behind. No, I'm not. It's fine. Yeah, I get the yeah. And having to adjust, particularly if you like structure and routine as well. Exactly. Okay. That's it's me. not a problem. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. Oh, but this has been amazing. <laughs> now, I want to ask you a couple of random questions. I need to find them now. Oh, here they are. I asked Melissa Braden these when she okay. came on the show. So I thought right. I'll ask, as you two are good friends, I'll ask them yes. for you as well. Um, how old were you when you learned how to drive? And what was your first car? I'm adding in another one for you. I think I was, well, I, my dad used to let me sit on his lap when I was like little, little, I think, but I lived in the country. So I think I was 14 or 15. I wow. got my license right away. My first car, 
my very first car was a, I think it was a Mitsubishi Mirage and my father smashed it up. Oh, no way. <laughs> yes. Well, you gutted. Yes, I was. I was. He, uh, I was, I had to go somewhere and my car was kind of old. So he let me take his car and he took my car. And when I came back, he was like, so here's what happened. But my car was like this little thing with a clutch and my dad has big feet. And I think he just hit the wrong pedal. Oh, and yeah. That car. So oh. he ended up getting me his and getting himself a new one. Bless was- you. 14. <laughs> That's good though. Um, What's your favorite color? My favorite color is purple. Nice. I like pink a lot too, but I like purple first. Oh, hey, you'll be um, tough with this. So we were, um, for everyone listening, we were talking about Apple phones before we came on. So the new phone, there's a purple color. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh, now I need that. No, no, well, I need no, that. You You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm paying for it, but you know. Um, do, do you have any tattoos? I do not. Oh, do you want I one? I don't. I, 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 I think it would hurt too much. <laughs> Plus, I can't think of anything that I am so enamored with that I want it on me permanently. Okay. I think that tattoos are gorgeous. People who have like sleeves of them, I can very much appreciate the artwork, but I don't think I will ever have one. Okay. I don't don't think, I can't remember. I need to go back and listen to Melissa. I don't think she has one either. She was, I I think, pretty much the same. I don't think she does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Guilty pleasure. What is yours? Well, I would say it was my scary movies. I think it's yeah. that. If yes. there's a rainy Saturday or a Sunday, I want to sit Bring my on butt the scare. I want to watch a scary movie. I'm going to make some popcorn. I'm going to have Archie with me. It's going to be great. Is that because the weather, you know, really gives the the extra vibe for the scare factor? Yeah. <laughs> Crack of lightning. Excellent. <laughs> and right, the last two ones. I used to ask these all the time on the podcast and I haven't done them a lot recently. What was the last image you took on your phone? And what's your most used emoji? My most used emoji is um, <laughs> probably the one, that, the one that does this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no one else can see that. Please describe it. Yeah. Like the, I don't know if it's Grimace <laughs> or what that is. I use that all the time. And my last photo was probably Archie or, oh, no. My last photo was a picture of a tree in my neighborhood oh, that the leaves are turning red. That's good. Because it's fall. Fall is coming. Yeah. <laughs> have you noticed your way actually because certainly we've had it in the UK because we I mean we don't often get extreme heat and we've had a drought here it was announced yeah. with the ground yeah. was cracking so mm-hmm. it, it put the trees into false autumn because they were a survival yeah. mode almost so yeah. all the leaves fell off much earlier than they would normally that has that happened Vangel? yeah it's okay. not happening this year but it has happened before I know exactly what you mean we had a super humid summer up here people don't think upstate New York gets humid but I feel like you and I are on the same like yeah, actually, longitude pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah, it was sticky here this year. I think wow. we had ten, we had ten days of ninety degrees or above, and that's a lot for us. Wow. And it was just, I don't like the humidity. Yeah, it makes me cranky. <laughs> it messes my hair up. <laughs> it's just, it's not good, and it's humid today a little bit. So yeah, it's it was a weird summer. You guys had some heat. Holy we had cow. crazy heat. And well, you I don't mean, have we, air conditioning. We over don't there have air conditioning. Days, yeah, right? I recorded a podcast actually on the hottest day of the summer. It was. O- I would have killed myself. I would have jumped off a building. It was. It was tough. It was like 104 degrees or something. Oh my god, that's so Fahrenheit. hot. Yeah, 40 odd here. So I had to switch the fans off as well because I'm recording a podcast. So you don't want the extra oh sound. Oh my god, you must have been dying. I was. I had my feet in ice 
water. I had a cloth around my neck that had ice cubes in. Yeah, it actually really is. No one can tell. You have to. I had board shorts on, which I'd just got in the pool outside. My boys have got an inflatable pool. Sat down, wet board shorts. So I was totally trying to keep myself as cool as possible. You've got to do whatever you can, right? The computer was not happy. It literally went into meltdown. Yes. People ask me if I would rather be too hot or too cold. And it's always too cold. And I hate being cold. But you know what? You can always put more blankets on. You can can only take so many things off before you're naked and you're still hot. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. And then cool down. Yeah. Better to be. I mean, I do love the heat, but it's probably better. Oh, my mom loves it. Yeah. My mom loves the heat. I can't stand it. I don't know what happened to me. Like, <laughs> all, my mom and my sisters, they're all loving it. I'm like, I'll be in here in the air conditioning. I'll just chill out. Yeah, it's chill out, literally. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> this has been so wonderful, Georgia. Thank you so much. What's important for you that we haven't had the opportunity to speak about at the moment, that perhaps as a closing thought for anyone listening? Um, I always get asked for advice to new writers, and I would think the best thing to tell them is to just write. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that people worry so much about what other people are going to think. And writing is, um, for a lot of people, it's an outlet. For me, it's an outlet. If I don't write, I'm going to be a miserable person. And I think there are a lot of people out there who are the same way and maybe don't realize it. Mm -hmm. So just write, just write. I think that's, that's the thing. Just write and stay positive. Stay positive. Don't let the, don't let the negative stuff pull you down. It's so easy to be stuck in the mire of people who are miserable. Yeah. Um, Try to see that. I love that. And I heard someone else say the other day, and I forget who it was now, um, said if when when writing, if you haven't written it down, you've got nothing to read, review, edit or anything. So even if it's rubbish, just get it down because it starts another creative thought process. You can edit a bad page. You can't edit a blank page. Brilliant. Maybe that's what I read. Maybe you said it, Georgia. Let, do you, let, I'm, you a, take I'm it. very yeah. wise. <laughs> <laughs> Where can everybody find you, lovely, if they want to get in contact? Or your books are all on Amazon. My books are all on Amazon. I am everywhere on social media, unfortunately. I'm sorry, you can't get away from me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. God help me. I'm on, uh, there's one more. Maybe that's it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Can't keep track anymore. Anyway. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I have a it's- website, georgiabeers.com. I'm all over the place. You can't get away from me. Brilliant. Honestly, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. And thanks everyone for listening. Take care. Look after yourself. Keep well. You have been listening to me, Natalie Miller-Snell, and this is Seize the Day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Just to let you know, Seize the Day will be going on a short break until 2023, when we'll be back with a big bang. I am so thrilled that you've listened and been part of the journey for 145 episodes so far and I cannot wait to be joining you again in the new year. In the meantime, if you want to keep in contact, please come and join me on any of my social media platforms. Come and join me at Dare To Be You, my Facebook group, or connect with me through coaching if you're interested to learn more about coaching. I'm also on Instagram a great deal or you can email me at natalie at nmscoaching.co.uk. I really look forward to seeing you in the new year and take care.